stuff. Welcome to episode 20 of Good Stuff Sports. I am your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know those in and around the sports that we love. And on today's episode, we catch up with Joel Salvino. You may remember Joel from episode 14, where we talked a little bit about the Wild West Trail. Well, since then, Joel has completed his hike of the Wild West Trail, and we talked about it. He told me all about it. Maybe there were some encounters he wasn't expecting. I don't know. What food was he craving when he finished the trail? Well, I do know, but you're going to have to listen all the way to the end of the episode to find out. Thanks for listening. Here is Joel Salvino, the conqueror of the Wild West Trail. Folks, he's back. I have no idea how big his beard is. I have no idea where he's been. He's going to tell us he's been off the grid. He's been doing his thing. He's been on the Wild West Trail, but he's back now. Joel Salvino returns to us. Joel, how are you? Hey, doing well. Doing well. Good to be good to be back on the grid. That's for sure. <laughs> I bet. Okay, so let's. Uh, so last we talked, actually, the last we talked, we talked all about Bitcoin, and you tried to teach me about it, and I still don't understand it, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. But before okay. that, we talked about your your desire to hike something called the Wild West Trail. So refresh our memories. What is the Wild West Trail? How long is it? that kind of stuff to set the scene for your big adventure. Yeah, for sure. So Wild West Trail connects the largest wilderness areas in the continental United States with a backpacking route. Um, It is, I did the final measurement. Originally I went in, I thought it was going to be just barely 2,000 miles. It is around 2,190 miles. Okay, Uh, not far off, just a three-hour drive. (laughs) Yeah, extra 100 miles on there. Uh, So it's almost as long as the Appalachian Trail. Um, and it's really difficult hiking because most of the trail doesn't have a physical trail. So when you do other long distance hikes like the Pacific Crest Trail, the Appalachian Trail, there's a lot of signs and trail maintenance, but on this one, uh, over half the trail has none of that. So you're just bushwhacking up ridgelines through mountains, following the natural contours of the landscape instead of a, a marked footpath. And uh, when, I remember when we talked before, like there was a lot of prep work that went into it. Like you had to drive out your your water supply, and mm-hmm. then um, okay, so so there's a lot of that stuff that comes up. So yeah, so let's start with like the big picture, and then we'll work our way down into some of the details. For sure, was it awesome? Uh, it was. It was. It was so dope, man. <laughs> it was so cool. I <laughs> uh, just I there was there was a lot of days. There was a couple of days I wanted to quit. I couldn't quit because logistically I was so in the backcountry that the only way to get off the trail was to keep going. Uh-huh. Uh, so that, that was funny. But most days I really enjoyed being out there. And I was uh, – as the time was coming to an end, I was just – I was sad to leave. But uh, we ended in the Tetons and we're about 10,000 feet, 11,000 feet at the high points up there. And so August 26th, it was getting below 20 degrees at night. Our shoes were freezing into bricks of ice. Wow. And so, so we had to call it quits by September first, unfortunately. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. So, so how much did you did you tr- hike with someone the whole way, I, or, or part of it, or? Yeah. So, uh, so you can check out the the YouTube channel Wild West Trail. Uh, I got two videos up. I'm pl- uh, there's gonna be eleven in total. 
and so I started hiking with my good friend Carmen Rayo, and we thought it was going to be a really funny juxtaposition. He's never even been camping before. Oh. He's, never, <laughs> he's never even slept outside. And so I convinced her to come on this, this hike, which is just an insane proposition. And so I, he started hiking with me. He, he made it through the first about 400 miles through Idaho, uh-huh. called it quits. And then he met up with me again uh, during Montana, Wyoming. And the trails are a little bit better out there. So he, uh, he stuck with it end after that. Well, you can't hold that against him, right? <laughs> he made it 400 <laughs> miles. That's pretty good for a first timer. He's done more of the Idaho Centennial Trail than a lot of people who are pretty experienced at. So yeah. I was pretty impressed. Amazing. So, okay. So what is, uh, what was in your backpack? Like what, what was the, the like, the, the things that you had with you that you most definitely needed. You mentioned bushwhacking, which I think might be new for some people, but sure. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely, I have a tent and the tent is super lightweight, under two pounds. I use my trekking poles to hold it up. So kind of reducing redundancies, you use the trekking poles all day to walk with, and then you use them to set up your tent, reduces your weight. My favorite piece of gear I have is a 20 degree feathered friend sleeping bag. It weighs less than two pounds, keeps me warm through everything, and I have a four-season self-inflatable sleeping pad that I switched out halfway through the hike because originally I had this styrofoam pad that's super lightweight, uh-huh. but it's, it's styrofoam, and I could actually feel the heat getting sucked out of me. I wasn't sleeping very well at night, oh, yeah. so so that that weighs over two pounds. That that's kind of my biggest thing. Uh, other than that, you know, food. Uh, a little stove. I actually ended up getting rid of a stove and I started cold soaking my food. So I would use an empty peanut butter jar and just fill it with ramen and dehydrated vegetables and just let it soak all day and then eat. So now I don't have to carry the weight of a, of a fuel and of stove. Whoa, whoa, hold up. Okay, so that's something that you can actually do? <laughs> yeah, you can definitely get cold. Though. Yeah, it's called cold soaking. Um, when you start to get pretty deep into a hike, it's just you start thinking, why do I? Why is this so hard? Or why does my back hurt? Why do my feet hurt? And you start obsessing over all the weight in your backpack. You're like, the food doesn't taste good anyway, uh-huh. and I just eat it for nutrition. So if I just cold soak everything, it's the same as boiling it. It's just it's going to take a little bit longer. So you cold soak all day, and just like any other dehydrated meal, it's going to rehydrate. Uh-huh. be edible yeah and, okay so you were not eating well on the trail at all were you <laughs> <laughs> no no you do you do the best you can uh-huh. but if if you think you can carry your, uh, three square meals with you uh, you just you don't have enough volume in the bag for one and uh-huh. the weight uh it's it's just not it's just not possible so, so how many times would you estimate you stopped for supplies like to get more water to restock your food and things like that sure. so water find you know five to six times a day you're up in the mountains uh-huh. uh, so in the desert section i actually had to go out bury water two right. and a half gallons every 15 miles uh but that's enough to get you through every single day and then in, once you're in the mountains you're thirsty you fill up there's some stretches uh on the state line trail on the section between montana and idaho where there is no water up there because you're so high up you're six thousand feet just rocky uh knife knife's edge ridge lines great hiking not a lot of water, but you guess you could call it lucky. I, I had to hit it kind of early in the season. So it, in mid-June, there was still a lot of snow up there. So there was a couple days where I would boil the snow. Uh-huh. Uh, wow. But water's pretty uh, – yeah, that was that was an interesting day. Yeah. Uh, water water's pretty easy to get. Food-wise, I had resupplies every 100 miles about. So every five to seven days, I would get into a town 
or in the Frank Church wilderness, there are private ranches out out in the wilderness. But the only way these people can get into the ranches are with an airplane. So I I just mailed myself packages uh, to these to these airdrops. So that was a couple times out in the wilderness. I did that. Uh, sometimes you have to hitchhike though into town. The longest hitchhike I had was two hours into Missoula, Montana. It's wow. the closest. Ta- it was the closest town. Well, the closest town to where it is, but two yeah. hours away. Kids, don't don't hitchhike. But geez, that's amazing. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So, do, did that concern you? Like, were you worried about food at any point along the way, or or was it just like, okay, yeah. like I got this? Uh, so, yes, I was worried, especially in the beginning. I carried a fishing pole with me the whole way. So by July 4th onwards, the the fishing it gets really good in these high alpine lakes. So I was never worried about food. But before that, on this ridgeline hike uh, between Montana and Idaho, it's 160 miles between, between uh, resupply points. Uh-huh. And so I did end up running out of food on that stretch. Well, I, kind of running out of food, I timed it perfectly in that I came in on the last day of hiking. I hiked 20 miles with absolutely no food. My pack was super lightweight, uh, but uh, I was extremely hungry. And I that bet. section, that was probably about 600 miles into the hike. And when I got it, I took a zero day after that stretch. That was right after the Frank Church Wilderness, the Selway Bitterroot Wilderness. So that's about 500 miles without roads. And then you have a 160-mile stretch between resupplies. And I ended up losing about 25 pounds in that stretch. I was down to like one, or 160. Oh my gosh! So were you scared? Uh yes, yeah, okay. I, yeah. That that section in particular, I just got through the Frank and the Selway, and there's no, there's no trails out there. Yeah. So you're just so livid and frustrated. I I got charged by a bear. Uh, right after that, <laughs> oh my gosh. I had a black bear run at me three times in a row. I just Oh, that was that was a really uh, bad day. Oh uh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to ask if there were any encounters with wildlife. Yeah. And I think that this is the time. All right. So tell tell me yeah. tell tell me the story. Terrify me right now. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so I just get you just get through the Frank Church and the Selway Bitterroot. So that's the largest wilderness area south of Alaska. And so you get through this nightmare of beaver swamps and blowdowns and fresh burns, and you just exhausted. You're still going through this snow. It's June 15th. I'm still walking through eight feet of snow in some parts. Oh, my gosh. So I I finally get out of it, and I think the trail's going to ease up. And, of course, it doesn't ease up. It's Idaho. There's no no trail maintenance. So now I'm not in a wilderness area federally designated, but it's still a roadless area designated by the Forest Service. So it's it's basically the same thing. And so I'm just – I'm in a terrible mood. I'm not sleeping well at night. This is before I got my sleeping pad. I'm going through these blowdowns of bushwhack. So I'm – you know, I, I'm in a bad mood, and I know animals can sense it when you're in a bad mood because they're very much in tune with their surroundings. So I, I came across this black bear, and I just kind of waved my sticks. I was like, hey, bear, hey, bear, expecting him to run away. And, of course, he didn't run away. He, he comes running at me, drooling. I just stood there. Uh, I, I, I didn't run. I just stood there yelling um, and he came at me three times. Uh, he never made contact. He got within probably about six feet of me, the closest pass he made. And the third time he ran at me, he doubled back, and then I, I actually ran out. <laughs> That's when I ran away. Uh-huh. And then uh, it, it all worked out. I got bear spray in the next town. Oh, my God. That had to be so terrifying. It was, uh, it was, it was definitely interesting. But 
from that point on, I was in a much better mood. You're like you defeated a bear. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a much better mood, and a lot more respect for these animals that live in this nightmare of uh, of wilderness areas. I can't believe they're they're just walking through that all day. Uh-huh. I, I'd be in a bad mood too if I was that bear. So that's interesting. Where did you expect? You know, the, using the word nightmares, in, like that's a that's a uh, that's an interesting choice of words. Like, what made it nightmarish? Like it was just buggy, and it wasn't there was yeah. no trail, and like. Wow. Yes. Were, were you yes. expecting that, or like, how do you prepare for something like that? I, I guess there's like a lot in that in that particular statement, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I've been on a lot of hikes before, and I just wasn't expecting. Usually, there's cairns, like a stack of rocks telling you where to go, or you're close enough to roads where there's there's hunting camps and and other people around. But no, there's none of that in Idaho uh-huh. you have I had my GPS and I had my route and the way to go was north and I knew which way to go because of the the topo line so I knew which ridge line to hit because if you walk in the valley on the side of mountains are so steep in central Idaho that your walk your ankles are always in a bad uh, position oh. and you, you actually <laughs> really hurt yourself so you you it's it forces you to go up these ridge lines and the ridge lines aren't much easier because there's trees blowing down. So it would take me a lot of times an hour to go one mile Ugh. just because I'm climbing through it. And so that gets really frustrating when you have 160 miles to go and you can only carry so much food because of the weight and the yeah. size. Yeah. And so now you're starting to do the math in your head when you're struggling through these sections and you're just, I'm not going to make it. And that's such a devastating thought to have. And it's not like I'm not going to make it. I'm just going to bail and go into town. It's like if I don't make it, I'm going to starve out here. Yeah. I need to keep going. So that it was a stressful uh, way of thinking that I've never experienced before. And and looking back at it, it was actually it was actually really incredible because when you compare that to just normal hiking where you don't have that kind of fear incentive behind you, it it kind of takes you it's much different. I definitely want to try something like this again because Whoa. of that. That's yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you that in a little while. We'll get back to that for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay. Any other encounter? So I guess any other encounters with animals and like, how long did you go between like seeing another person? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the Oahe desert, I was hiking with my partner, but we went seven days. Uh-huh. That was that was the longest time on the trail, but then in the Frank Church Selway, there were like multiple, and on the ridge line, there were multiple times, like I would go two to three days without seeing a person, and when I did see a person, it was like one guy in an ATV who was bear hunting. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> as if I was running into a groups of hikers or anything. It yeah. was always just a one-off dude. You were out not. There. You were not making buddies around the campfire. Wow. Yeah. Well, you you also you're you're a bad dude. When you just come into like a hunting camp, which I did one time, and, and they look at you, Where, where'd you come from? And you tell them that you walked. <laughs> they make movies so about that, was... that, terrifying movies about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so so you were you were on the trail. I, I think you told me, but remind me, how many days total were you out? You were out from when to when? Uh, it was May fifteenth to September first. Uh, you know, you're the second person to ask me that. I haven't done the math. I all my thinking is in miles. So, yeah. 
No, that's... July, August. Yeah, so three, three it's and a half three months. Three and a half months. Yep. Okay, so three and a half yeah. months is a long time to be out. Um, you know, an encounter with a bear, going into a hunting camp. You, you know, you definitely put yourself in some... Uh, inadvertently right you're just out enjoying nature and doing doing the thing uh, inadvertently put yourself into some situations was there anything that you learned on this particular trip that surprised you where you were like oh i was not expecting that yeah yeah uh, as for the weather uh it i got caught in a snowstorm with lightning on july 2nd i was not expecting that uh-huh. that late in the season uh, and people-wise, uh, so the in the Frank Church Wilderness, it's famous for whitewater rafting. So there's hundreds of rafters that go on the river. So the trail only follows the river for three days. But everyone on the river is super cool. And these rafters, they carry full-size grills, coolers <laughs> full of full of drinks. And so I was really surprised at how friendly they were to, to me. And they, they hooked it up, food and Okay. And that was really nice to see. And I was slightly disappointed. and It was unexpected. When I got into the backcountry of the national parks, like Yellowstone and Glacier, there, there was absolutely no trail maintenance. Huh. And so that, that was really surprising to me to see, to see so much attention focused on, you know, like the rest areas and the parking lots. But when you actually get into the national park, it's just totally abandoned it huh. is what it looks like. Like some of these trails haven't been touched for 50 years. Oh my gosh, that is unexpected. Okay, and yeah. disappointing. I, I feel I feel those two emotions. Okay, so you you know you wrap up on the trail. You're done. What does Joel eat? What is your celebratory? I'm I finished this. I I won. I did it. I did what I set out to do. What am I having for dinner? <laughs> oh, ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. Ice cream. Tub tubs of ice cream. Yeah, the first week I got back was a lot of. A lot of cream and dairy because you can't eat that when you're backpacking because you right. can't carry ice cream with you. Right. And was that and unconscious so, or is that like a physiological, like this is what my body needs right now and, and I can't control it. It's just what I need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it was also a mental thing. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was so, I was like skin and bones. I've never seen myself that, that low in weight before. Uh-huh. And, and so I, I wanted to get on some calorie dense foods, and I was still almost in survival mode or mode because I could feel the cold weather coming. Um, winter is coming, and I, I'm so skinny. I'm wearing a down jacket when it's 60 degrees outside because wow. I got I got nothing to insulate me. Yeah. So it was almost I was almost in this fervor to just put on weight as fast as possible. Yeah. And it's starting to hit me that I'm not I'm I have like a, a roof over my head now. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a good yeah. thing. So you mentioned that you dropped. 25 pounds and then you mentioned that you gained back 20 so you're probably feeling pretty healthy right now um feeling very good which is as good a time as any to say like what's the next trip joel oh yeah (laughs) i mean there are so for the next 12 months i'm not going off the grid Uh i'll be doing some some small traveling um a month i'm thinking about doing a month somewhere tropical just on a beach that'd be nice yeah (laughs) see some cities i'm going to san francisco for a week uh uh this week actually uh but uh so that i'll give my year off save up some money get these youtube videos out but the next trip after that probably going to be the brooks range traverse up in alaska wow okay Uh, and so that's that's going to be it's it's not as long as the wild west trail but wilderness wise you don't see a road for a thousand miles wow okay 
well, different that, thing. Yeah, I think I think taking some time to get ready for that one is a good idea. So you mentioned YouTube that you're putting videos up on YouTube. Um, remind us, remind us like what the website is and how to find you yeah. and and keep up with you because I think people will want to put visuals to to the things you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So the website is wildwesttrail.co. We drop the M uh, because we're ultralight. That's my hike. <laughs> <laughs> that way you remember it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, uh, uh, so wildwesttrail.co. The YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash c forward slash wildwesttrail. Okay. Uh, if you if you just search wildwesttrail, you'll find it. If you search Idaho Centennial Trail, you'll find us. And uh, and on the website, if you're interested in doing any of these hikes and stuff, you can get the GPX files there. Uh, but definitely, please subscribe. We have an Instagram as well, Wild West Trails. The Instagram, Twitter, Wild West Trail, or Twitter's WWT or the WWT. Uh, but yeah, give us a follow on Instagram and YouTube, definitely, uh, because that is where these videos are going up. These videos are about twenty to thirty minutes long, and they they highlight every hundred miles of the hike. And I try to keep it as realistic as possible. It's all four K. I carry thirteen pounds of camera equipment uh, on this whole hike to to get these videos. So yeah. if you see like shake cams or stuff like that, just try to remember that I decided not to have a day of food, so you guys could see the video. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, I'm pretty happy with the content. I think it looks pretty good. Awesome. All right. Well, cannot wait to check it out, Joel. Thank you for. Uh... Thank you for doing what you did and, and for coming back and telling us about it. I'm glad you made it. Um, like really glad you made it. I wasn't worried, you know, you're a professional, but I was, uh, that's a long, it's a long time to be away and, and off the grid and things like that. And I, uh, congratulations on doing it, man. You really did it. So I have to say I'm equal parts jealous and uh, really glad that I didn't hike the Wild West Trail. But I'm jealous that Joel got to do it because I would have liked to do that for maybe one or two days. Anyway, make sure you check out Joel and everything that he's doing at the Wild West Trail. There's links on my website, www.goodstuffpod.com. If you want to reach me, email me, mike at goodstuffpod.com or follow me on social media, the at symbol, then goodstuffpod. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Yeah.